0: Great Talk Live. Off. Should we get started?
1: Let's go. Let's let's crack on. It's okay. a beautiful day in London.
0: It's also a beautiful day here in San Diego. They buy things to impress people that they don't even like.
1: You do have to change the culture. The culture of the organization is the most important.
0: It's as if reality is splintering. Into multiple shards. Welcome back to Straight Talk Live. My name is Rick Snyder. I'm one of the co hosts of this fantastic not for profit show where we get to explore the depths of human, digital, and social transformation. We're back from a two week summer holiday break and revitalized, reset, rejuvenated, and very excited about starting that new fresh season with one of our favorite return guests, Nolan Bushnell, um, who we'll introduce in a moment. But before, I wanna to get to our amazing co-host who helped hatch this idea from the very beginning when COVID hit and we decided that we were not satisfied by the conversations happening around the world. And that is my friend and co-host, Af Malhotra. Af, take it away.
1: Thank you, Rick. Welcome to um, Straight Talks At Live after a nice, relaxing summer break for many of us. Uh, Delighted to kick off the first episode in September with uh, an icon and a a legend, no doubt, who we've had on the show before. Today's conversation is going to be about something that uh, is pertinent to all of us now and in the future. Um, And it really defines how we're going to evolve and transform ourselves as humanity goes. And it's to do with education. It's to do with how we learn, what we learn, who we learn from, and um when we had an episode with nolan many weeks back now he talked about this concept of passive learning and i won't i won't dwell on the point now i'm sure he has a lot to say but it's enchanted us and it connected with us and so we're very excited to have nolan on the show again i'm going to th- throw the ball back to rick to introduce no- nolan formally and uh, off we go on this uh, escapade again so uh, let's kick off
0: Yeah, so everyone, I think, probably knows Nolan in our community, And in case you don't, if you've been under a rock the last 50 years of your life. Uh, Nolan has been on the cutting edge of so many technologies and really defining my whole childhood of the 80s. I mean, when you have Chuck E. Cheese pizza and you have Atari video gaming, you're in heaven. That was my whole 80s. And so, Nolan, thank you from the bottom of my heart for so many joyous years uh, for me and all my friends in that era. Uh, but also, you've stayed on the cutting edge of innovation ever since, mm-hmm. and you've always been listening for, oh, what, where do I feel, you know, my passion leading me toward, and what are areas where I feel like I can make a contribution, um, and so you've been, you know, starting over over twenty ventures or so, doing incredible work, and I'm really excited to dive deep into your adventure today around uh, LearnUp, which is around education and technology, AI, and really forwarding the educational space. Uh, and helping that actually be more effective than it is today. So, Nolan, welcome back to Straight Talk Live.
2: My pleasure being here, and I'm gr- glad to be able to talk about my passion. It's actually been a, it's been actually a almost a 30 year passion um, that yeah. I've been working and researching this, and you know, a lot of p- people think of me as a businessman. I think of myself as a scientist, <laughs> so. Mm. I like to deep dive on things and try to really understand on a fundamental scientific level of what the hell's going on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, And I'm particularly attracted to areas where the science and the reality are disconnected. And today's education, compared to what we know about learning is about as bad as you can get. Mm. It's just fundamentally dysfunctional. It's inefficient. It's it brings out the worst in people, and uh, I think I think I can fix it.
0: <laughs> so that's exactly you just read my mind, intuited what I was going to ask. Let's start there first. Is obviously you've been attracted to the educational space where you say you know thirty years plus. I think you have eight children. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, I remember that last time. You have eight children. So obviously this has been near and dear as you've seen your children go through the years of education, all phases, um, and you've seen what works, what doesn't work, and many different iterations of that. So walk us back first through what do you feel like is broken with the educational system today? What's not working? Why has this drawn your attention?
2: Well, a lot of times what happens is that Um, new technology provides opportunities that weren't available before. And so for example, uh, in the early days of education, it was a thing where there was one book. And so the teacher, the professor would read the book to the class. To the assembled masses, and uh, and it was because of scarcity, you know, scarcity of resources, and um, and the and and so what happened? We got locked into this one to many mindset in which we were classifying and grouping students as opposed to treating them as individuals and the test i say in today's world is no grades and no grades Hmm. no grades imply uh, if you're in a grade that implies you're being batch processed that's wrong no grade a b c d means that you can still get by by only knowing a portion of the of the material. And learning tends to be additive. And so if you get Cs on arithmetic, one, two, three, four, the wheels come off by the time you want to get algebra because you really don't understand fractions. You don't really understand decimals. You don't really understand mm-hmm. The, the underpinnings. So I guess the the areas that um, I started this journey really as a curious about how do we learn? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you start with a single question. How do I- we learn? And it turned out that none of that information came out of the education departments. Like there's thousands and thousands of PhDs of education. And I feel like, why is there no curiosity about that? I mean, that's the fundamental underpinnings of what education should be. Mm. But there's, there's reams and reams of information over in the psychology department and the physiology department. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but it's just somehow, it's all about process on the education side, not about understanding the deep roots. But what I've discovered is that there is a huge number of things that we can do that really make learning more efficient and better. And the first one is active. The point of cognition tends to be around active learning, when you actually think about something and make a decision. And so the Socratic method of questioning and an, and question and answer, question and answer is actually, you know, the, it, it appears to be the, the most important one. And We learned a lot of that, about that with video games. And there's this thing called the flow state. Mm -hmm. And the flow state is really an idea in a paper and a book written by a guy named Kai Cicimihai, who was a uh, professor at MIT, Hungarian. That's why you can't say his name because you know, the Hungarians you know the,
0: the purposely make it difficult <laughs> yeah, well no.
2: it was the italians the italians you know stole all their their, their um vowels and, mm. so, <laughs> and so when you have anyway <laughs> the um uh, so what we what we want to do is have kids challenge and when i say kids i should say lifelong learners because we mm-hmm. should we should be learning every day of our life until we finally are buried um and uh and so that balance between just hard enough and just easy enough is the flow state and if you achieve that in video games you can people will play for hours and it seems like minutes mm-hmm. and that's what we want to do in in education learn it is employing all all these principles into a subscription-based learning platform that will be available i think probably the end of this month we're going to have our first system Mm -hmm. also have a a mentoring program that we will be able to do one-on-one or one-on-two kind of mentoring to really have an individualized experience, this is all online and um, and remotely. I mean, what better way to learn German than, than to be mentored by a um, a German girl who's about your same age, you know, or, or boy, you know? And uh, and and I think that um, this resonance is kind of important. We're also playing around with some things with, in terms of resonance. So for example, does, if Kobe Bryant or, or, you know, Madonna teach you physics, is it, is it stickier?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and it turns out that we can uh, synthesize celebrities, stars, athletes, Mm-hmm. And have them become mentors, teachers, mm-hmm. what have you. So those are some of the things that we're playing with. But the the other very important point that people can start to integrate into their lives right now is before you start to learn anything, you should exercise aggressively for about 20 minutes and get your mm-hmm. heart rate up to 80%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out that that is a very, very important precursor to learning because it, the exercise causes your brain to secrete BDNF. It's called brain-derived neurotropic factor. Mm. And that is a protein that's a precursor to dendrite formation. Hmm. So the theory is that you're putting a little bit of what you're learning into hardware, not just software. (laughs) Mm, I like it. And it's good stuff.
0: You, you make a really good point that uh, with education, even though I think they're doing the best they can with trying to figure out how to help learners, you know, get the most out of you know different programs, you don't really hear as much about the science of learning on the education side. At least I don't. I'm not exposed to that as much. So I really like this distinction of like, let's really get into the science of how do we learn best? How do we discover flow states? How do we do things like exercise or ways to prepare the learner? To get the most out of the experience, and that's really what you're looking at more and more.
2: Not just that. Think of uh, think of what is actually going on. And um, there was a study done by a group of uh, students at uh, at a New York university. I forget which one, and they. Basically shadowed high school students trying to figure out, and it was a particular school that had a very high dropout rate.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It was high school, and um, they wanted to. They were asking the question, "Why are kids dropping out of school?" And uh, they came back and sort of wrote the report up for their thing. And they couldn't understand why the dropout rate was so low because the the day-to-day operation was horrible hmm. and an awful lot of it had to do with boredom
3: mm-hmm. that
2: high school kids are unruly junior high school kids are unruly um, disrupting a classroom is cool you get you get street cred.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: for being the biggest jerk in a classroom mm-hmm. well so the poor teacher they can't teach you know the one-to-many classroom when there's disruption going on and for the people who are not disrupting who are just sitting there it's really boring right, right. there's nothing going on and so yeah. I, uh, I visited classroom in las vegas nevada that had 100 kids hmm. it was the quietest most well-defined classroom i've ever been in it looked more like a tech startup
3: <laughs>
2: everybody had their computer screen everybody had their ear- ear- headphones on hmm. the teacher if she wanted to talk to the kids could push a button and it would be f- put into everybody's earphones. Hmm. I was there to give a speech. They had a section off to the side. It was like a little amphitheater with a projection screen and uh, and the 100 kids can go sit there and have a lecture. But it was not their normal environment. And, um, and what it showed to me was the power of having this one-to-one technology. Um, mm. They were using some of the software that I was creating at the time. It was quasi-game software, but uh, it's it's really important to uh, to understand methodology in the early days of computers companies would say, we need to computerize our systems. If they sort of parachuted computers in, it didn't work as well as they'd hoped. But if they totally redesigned their workflow around computers, it worked great. Mm -hmm. That's really what needs to happen in education is right now, computers are kind of parachuted in they're not really part of the mainstream construct of what's going on. And uh, what I'm doing with LearnUp is I'm redefining really what school is all about. And in fact, we will be not just providing subscription software. We're going to be building schools. Mm. We've got a system figured out where as you know, Chuck E. Cheese was a franchise. Mm-hmm. What do you think of, about a learned franchise school?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Where mm-hmm. What does a franchise really do? A, a franchise has a business model mm-hmm. and a guarantee of standards mm-hmm. of some sort. And we believe that we can create a franchise in which An individual teacher can choose to get a bunch of parents together, take a franchise, Mm -hmm. start a storefront school. The the parents, I think we can pull this a really good education off for less than $5,000 a year. That's like a hundred dollars a week or a first class private education, you know, and you say $500 a week, how's that doable? Well, let me, let me tell, the, tell you the converse. If you do a shop for analysis of California, LA Unified, the average classroom is 33 kids let's just say 30 Mm -hmm. average payment from the state to that classroom is ten thousand dollars a kid so there's three hundred thousand dollars a year being spent on that classroom janitorial heat lights what have you uh maybe twenty thousand bucks um the the real estate is a whole different thing because that's paid for by bond issues, and so that's not a, a real-time function. The average teacher salary is sixty-five thousand dollars a year, including contribution to pension and all that stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. so maximum we just spent a hundred thousand dollars. What happened to the other two hundred thousand dollars? <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> no one would happen to that $200,000. It's a miracle. No. <laughs> well,
2: there, there's a uh, building in downtown Los Angeles, about a million square feet. The uh, LA Unified, no teachers, no students. Mm-hmm. What's in that million square feet? And that's the other $200,000 is in
1: that. Other, other mm-hmm. Building. Mm-hmm. So, Nolan, I, I have a question. Um, so, let's go back to Learn It for a second. So, the problem that you've defined is a real problem, and it's been it's a systemic problem that we all are aware of and many have talked about over, over the course of the last 15 or 20 years. Books have been written and so on and so forth. Um, education systems unfortunately are the, the, the civil servants or the politicians haven't yet sort of clocked it and therefore there's been no change there's really been no innovation and transformation across I think global education systems a little bit of technology here a few laptops there a couple of subscriptions here and there mostly accentuated by the COVID uh, debacle over the last two years but I think prior to that it would have been it's a, it's been a dire situation I think every parent um, and every teacher is deeply frustrated. So you're, you are preaching to the converted, actually. Now, the, the question with learn it then is, talk us through the detail of the use case. So who am I um, using your solution? And imagine an AB test environment, I am with learn today, or compared to someone who doesn't have learn what happens in the course of whatever time period, a year, three years, five years, how am I different? Uh,
2: right now, I think the, the best piece of educational software out there right now is actually uh, uh, Minecraft. And, and it's, you may not look at it immediately and say this is a piece of, of learning software, but, but it kind of is. One of my sons probably learned more about world history through a um, through a game that was put out by Microsoft in the 90s um, called, um, oh, and Civilization. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there were several of these. Learn it has a synthetic world and the student is an avatar Mm-hmm. Which is exploring that world. and the the exploration of the world does reveals, but also the resources that the the uh, avatar needs you know, needs food, needs water, needs transportation,
3: mm-hmm.
2: has to earn that. And so we have a series of mini games, some of which are just straight on learning, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, know, uh, what have you, but there, there's this thing called adaptive practice where you are not told something, you are presented a problem Mm -hmm. and you have to answer it Mm -hmm. within five seconds. And so, but you're not presented anything. So how do you expect it to know? Well, you're not, but what you have to do is turn on your brain and say, hmm, I don't have a clue what this is, but what's the best answer mm-hmm. I could come up with. Sometimes it's multiple choice, sometimes it's true, false, what have you. And it turns out that that that, that what you're doing with your mind when you're saying, what's the best answer? That's actually kind of sticky. Yeah, and so you are sometimes right, sometimes wrong. When you are wrong, it moves on, and in three or four lessons, think you'll be asked again. Now you get a chance to get it right, and you say, "Ah, I remember I was wrong last time. Now I'm going to be- get it
3: right." Mm-hmm.
2: And so there, there's this sort of balancing, this 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 feedback mechanism. Let me tell you, this was a, right now LearnUp is being launched because the time is right. I found out that my successes have been because I got the timing right and my Mm -hmm. failures have been because (laughs) I have got my timing wrong. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I had a company called Brain Rush that did some amazing tech, but I could not get subscriptions sufficiently to make it a viable entity. Mm -hmm. Um, The world wasn't ready for it yet, but more than that, I thought I could sell it into the school systems. And I was able to get one school system to buy into it, and they were getting all ready to go, and there was a school board election Teachers union packed the school board, canceled the whole thing. They were afraid of it. The teachers <laughs> unions didn't want to have anything to do with it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so I, I realized you can't fight city hall at that point in time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, fast forward COVID. Mm-hmm. It was you know the right time. I said I got to do this. You know I I know too much. Mm-hmm. You know i got it wrong now i got a chance to get it right it's the same
3: metric
0: <laughs> and so a lot of what your ecosystem is relying on is um the notion of um you know this avatar world that just like in video gaming uh there's a, a, a synthetic world created and the kids see it as more engaging more fun not just like learning uh regurgitating information that you're hearing memorizing spitting it back out but they're actually engaging with the material. Um, and there's a, is there a gamification element that you're finding uh, encourages the learner as well? Massively. And, Massively.
2: And, and there's a few more tricks that we have at Varsalete. You do not only get score, but you get rewards. And we are going to be able to give cryptocurrency to kids
0: yeah, uh, Af and I want to sign up for this class. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and we're going to have a mechanism for which parents, if they want to incentivize their kids, instead of giving them allowance, they can put the, the allowance on the LearnIt platform and the kids earn it mm-hmm. by doing well. hmm and, mm. and remember so many of the things that kids want to buy now are online. True. And so, you know, the, that bridge between I've got no credit card. How do I buy something online is hard. Mm. Now we can have the parents. I mean, the last thing a parent wants to do is give the kids a credit card. <laughs> that's, that's fraught with peril. Mm. And, uh, but Giving them an allowance in online ability to buy
3: mm-hmm. is
2: really cool. And I believe in time we're going to get some some sponsors that will pay uh, kids to learn and maybe see their logo here and there, like Nike mm-hmm. or what have you. And mm-hmm. so I believe that we can create a secondary ecosystem for kids and rewards.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: that's one area. But I want to tell you a story that happened with Brain Rush. I got off track a little bit. One of the things that our software did at Brain Rush and, and Learn at Will too was teach vocabulary for mm-hmm. learning um, or for a language. And we taught, we had a, series of schools in Philadelphia that used our software in their Spanish one, but not all the classes. I think one particular high school had four Spanish one classes and two of them used our software just three days a week. And and the other two did not. When it came time for Spanish two, they could not mix our kids with the kids that didn't have our software, because our kids had a working vocabulary of over two thousand words, the kids that didn't use our software had a working vocabulary less than one hundred and fifty words. So they couldn't mix them. The kids that used our software, they could go in Spanish too, and the total class was conducted in Spanish. You know. Uh-huh.
1: So that's that's your that's your A/B test example. When did you set up? Um, or when was the Brain Rush um, idea? What year was that? It's nineteen sixteen
2: or twenty
1: sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. So yeah, time, you are right. Timing is everything. So uh, just walk us through one more example. So you know, many of us are familiar with Minecraft and Roblox and all of these other cool sort of game gaming systems that are out there. Is this a, um, is this just for young people? And so is this about the next generation or can people who are our age go onto this platform to learn more advanced things? I guess I'm I'm talking a few years down the line, maybe you have a vision for where this is going to end up.
2: We will have a full suite of items for lifelong learning, um, including plumbing, and being an electrician and, uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, being, you know, doing things like setting up a router, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and we think that the, that everything can be taught more efficiently. Mm -hmm. Um, and the core is a module Mm -hmm. and what, what you want sometimes, is we're going to have curated playlists. And so, for example, you may, in order to fully set up a router, you need to understand a little bit of uh, radio frequency propagation theory. So that's a physics course. Okay. And, and, you know, and if you're going to be a world-class chef, you probably need to know a little bit about physics. You need to know a little bit about thermodynamics,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so the playlist would include those modules. You know, and if you're a chef, you don't need to be a PhD in thermodynamics, but you need to have a first level understanding of of, cal- of calories and 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 heat transfer and uh, and specific heat of various. Uh, items, you need to know. You know that as altitude goes up, boiling points drop, things like that. Um, so that I believe that we can do, we can create people who are not only better at their profession but have a deeper understanding. Yeah, people. You know there there are people who have a job. And they're what i call recipe players they've learned a recipe and and they mm-hmm. can execute but they're totally because they're recipe anytime that the it's off script there's something that's slightly different mm-hmm. because they don't have the underpinnings they're lost mm-hmm. and and i believe that a, a good education gives you those underpinnings as well
0: mm. So are you saying the teacher is still is an, is a human and avatar form in this ecosystem, or is it like AI or a combination of using different technologies? What's that looking like?
2: The answer is yes and yes. I mean <laughs> the the teacher is really a mentor. Mm-hmm. What the teacher what 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 mm-hmm. you want in any system is. The main flow, and then the exception mediation. The teacher should be an exception mediator. And so, for example, mm-hmm. let's say that we um, go into a class in which there are three hundred kids, and I'm not going to say they're high school kids, but because we we don't we don't group kids in my world. <laughs> And uh, and so, what we find is the kids start to work on various modules, and some of them are very fast at it. Some of them are somewhat slower. We don't care how fast you are. In fact, it's really un- unfortunate that the euphemism for being stupid is "well, he's a little slow."
1: Yeah, yeah. You know?
2: Some people are just wired at different speeds. And, and quite candidly, we really don't care because the, the the difference we're talking about in terms of organized tests is 3%, 5%, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Should that determine the future of somebody's life? I don't think so, you know? And anyway, so what we want to, to do is when somebody is absolutely struggling and, and, and hit a wall or being a little lazy. You know, they, they haven't, they haven't had a right answer for the last 15 minutes. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Maybe it's time for human intervention because that all of a sudden they're an outlier. And so we can have the software alert, the mentor. I'm not gonna call him a teacher anymore. The mentor that this that the it'd be nice to just ping in and say, Hey George, what's going on?
3: Mm.
2: Have a late night last night? Are you sleeping right now? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh and and it doesn't have to happen very often, but it's helpful that they know that there's just a little bit of a forcing function out there.
1: Mm. Mm. Mm do you do you see that's that's quite fascinating do you see um if you think about the supply chain of this i guess there's a lot of content that needs to be created at some point by something or someone in whatever form form factor so how do you see that playing out do you have you know the traditional model of some of the apps that are out there today that are better than the baseline, you know, when you have apps like Masterclass and various others where they've got this high quality Apple standard content and you've got you've got a Nolan Bushnell teaching you entrepreneurship and it looks great and the lighting's great and you've got nine modules and you pay $99 a year and you get loads of others. That's again, to, to your point is passive, I would imagine, because it's just a video talking about experiences, informative, no doubt. Um, what is the form factor here? Is it just the games like you're involved in like a Minecraft environment and different sort of situations and cities and towns? And um, ha- ha- just help us understand that a little bit.
2: Okay. Think of it. One of the great pieces of software that was sort of world changing was yeah. Doom. And, mm-hmm. and it was because it had this wonderful authoring tool where for the first time, people with no computer skills could create a level. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: That's what we wanna do. We're creating these editing tools and we have defined about 11 modules. Each have have a different area of Bloom's taxonomy. And um, Bloom, for, for your listeners who don't know categorize how the brain thinks and looks and like at the lowest level acquisition of data mm-hmm. you know just, just how do we name things you know we've got a pencil what's what's its name you know you know what here's a color what's its name you know real simple stuff mm-hmm. then then there's another thing level which is attributes you know um you know what what are the what are the adjectives and and or the adverbs mm-hmm. um, then there's a thing called sets where what are these things what belongs what what are, what are the how do we group these things appropriately right and then we, then we have an area called sequences what is the proper order things it's very important for math and these are high abstract things that are that are kind of important um, and so we publish these these um, constructs and what you put in them it's very easy for a teacher to do that um, you know for example one of the things is to like an illustrated dictionary,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like a map of the world, and now you click on Botswana, or, or, or no, it says Botswana. You have to click on it. You know, where's Where's Botswana? You know, mm-hmm. I actually don't know where that is, but <laughs> it's somewhere.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, and so um, that's you can put that's a that's a template you not only can put in the world map, you can put in the human body and click on the femur or the tibula or what have you. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, this link between the visual and and the word. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, there's one of the things that kids have a real problem with is there's what they call the third grade drop-off. Mm -hmm. The third grade, most kids can kind of learn how to read by the third grade, Um, but they're reading words. But about half the kids fall off the reservation by the fourth grade because they can read, but they don't understand. Mm -hmm. And so how do we get this understanding and is... And and there's a lot of debate. Why don't they understand? Mm -hmm. They have insufficient life experiences, so there's no metaphors going on. Do they not have the vocabulary appropriate to turn the words into understanding? Um, How can we remediate these things? And uh, we've got a, a couple of PhDs that think that they can build some modules around getting rid of the third they call it the third grade cliff (laughs) right and and think about how powerful that could be if we can solve that all of a sudden there's a big swath of the population that are basically disenfranchised from education from the fourth grade on Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: get them back into the mainstream all of a sudden you're good because almost 100 percent of the dropouts have that this learning disability i mean it's not really a disability per se but it's a it, it it's there's like
0: a, there's like a gap in comprehension that you're closing that gap mm. Here. Mm. and, and how, how as far as product readiness yeah. how ready is this right now to be fully rolled out um distributed etc where is that at in the conversation
2: we will have a a minimum viable product at the end of this month. Uh, okay. Is it, but we've got such a huge <laughs> vision that I looked at it and it's maybe 1% done. <laughs> I Totally can get that. But one of the things that um, I want to flog, you can go into com right now and sign up and we'll send you a chapter of the book that we're going to be publishing at the same time.
3: Oh,
1: cool! Great!
2: Wow! It's, and it's a book called "Learn It: School of the Future."
0: Hmm. That's cool. And, I have a question. Oh, sorry.
2: Go for it. Go ahead. And uh, and I don't think that a company has ever been launched simultaneously with a book, which hmm. is the
0: manifesto. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's a very yeah. cool idea. Yeah. You know, i I have a question that's. Uh, related somehow it's more actually around bias in education so like when i went you know through school there's a history book like here's the book of what went down in the roman empire or here's what happened in world war ii from a certain perspective yeah and so how do you tackle that um there's so much bias depending on you know who wins the wars who gets to tell the story and how our perspective changes over time and we get to realize oh there's alternative you know, stories to what really happen or what even in science in mm-hmm. other fields as well. There's other perspectives of what's going on. How do you tackle that? And does your technology or your ecosystems how do you contend with bias in education?
2: I basically shoot everybody that disagrees with me.
0: <laughs> so just like everyone else in the past, that that part's the same. <laughs> That's good. You know, Um,
2: what you just described is one of the problems of the world. And, and actually I was having a good conversation with your friend in AI
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and, and there's right now, there used to be a concept of the truth
0: Mm-hmm.
2: that it was immutable it was there it was understandable you, you could you could find it mm-hmm. I less I, I believe that less today mm-hmm. believe too, that too. I believe that there is your your truth and my truth and I think that's wrong I think that there has to be an immutable truth out there somewhere mm-hmm. but who's the arbiter Right. You know, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about an AI construct in which we have a proposition and we ask the AI, is this true? And then we go through and we look at everybody that has opined to the truthfulness or the falseness of this concept mm-hmm. and then we weight them based on how often they've been correct in the past so they so there's a veracity score mm-hmm. that that each opinion has and I think we can't get to the truth of of facts, but we can have a highly a, a highly
0: curated consensus through AI technology, specifically. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it gets complex when you have qualitative. Um, subjects. I mean history is a good example, philosophy. I mean just a great example is there's another group that I'm part of where we're discussing philosophers and, and um, different ways of thinking. And of course, um, many of the people we're referring to are usually of a certain demographic, white men. And so I happen to also come from another part of the world and I'm aware of um, philosoph- philosophers in India, for example, mm-hmm. but have had no press ever, because uh, they just didn't have the go to market strategy, I guess, um, whatever the story may be, but I'm discovering that whole side of philosophy, but I, I actually didn't even know it existed. Uh, because mainstream teachings never really brought those individuals to the forefront. For, for whatever reason, And back to what Rick was saying, I think what's going to be monumental, and again, LearnIp is going to be phenomenal. I think a lot a lot of this also uh, Nolan is, you know, because of because of your history because of who you are i mean founders create companies whether we like it or not ai doesn't thankfully founders a brain a human brain has to conceptualize and think in the way that you have with your wider team to come up with what you've come up with today uh including the mistakes that you've made i mean wouldn't it be horrible if we made no mistakes with ai i mean it was just constantly we always got it right how boring would life be so uh, there'd be no stories to tell uh, frankly uh just be everything would be perfect so um but I've I, I
2: gotta, I've gotta yeah. tell you i gotta tell you a story really. please. Just, i'm sorry to interrupt but
1: no please do
2: it turns out that steve jobs and i had this sunday morning coffee clutch that um we drink tea we'd go up and corner of my property that that had a couple of rocks and we mm-hmm. we called them our, our thinking rocks and Jobs was a very much a student of India and the gurus and the uh, Eastern philosophy. Right. I was a philosophy minor, you know, engineering major, philosophy minor, you know, that's
3: about
2: mm. as you can get. But anyway, but I, I was well-versed in Hegel and Locke and Heidegger and, and Kant and Sartre. And we used to have these conversations mm. and and a lot i'd say 70 percent of the time it was the difference between eastern philosophy and western philosophy mm. and mm. and uh you know sort of the 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 whole idea of buddhism and and right thinking and uh mm. and uh several of the the hindu precepts of of uh you know the mind the soul being separate from the mind and and these sorts of things and so i just wanted to let you know that Mm. that there that i was i'm a little bit aware of that disconnect between Mm -hmm. western and eastern philosophy
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, no, no thank you for sharing that but but i because i think that's there is an opportunity with what I guess you're doing in the transformation of traditional education to the Learnip um, revolution, to some extent, if you want to call it that, um, where the amalgamation of of East and West, which which is very important at this point in our in this juncture in in where we are because of geopolitics and the East-West and digital the three sphere uh, debate has <laughs> come up numerous times on on STL on Straight Talk Live. I think that you're bringing in digital, but there's an East and West element of education that would be absolutely wonderful and amazing. It's not going to happen overnight, but you're probably the best person to do it, where well, you can blend what we know today that we didn't know 25 years ago, uh, when you were sitting on the rock with Steve Jobs, because I guess again he was one of the few who had a viewpoint on Eastern philosophy uh, in in a an environment where majority understood Western philosophy. But of course now with India and China and even Japan and us understanding the two um, the thesis of, of, of these two different sort of um, not you know almost dif- the yin and yang of the two sides I think there's an opportunity to create an education system that is way more independent and balanced uh, I'm not sure how because we don't know enough about how you're doing this but we you know I we would love to contribute to that as well uh, and I think many of our straight talkers would love to contribute to that thinking as part of the, the book or the narrative that you're writing, because it is missing. And uh, everything we see in the West is not, is not conducive. It's not fit for purpose um, for the seven and a half, eight billion people in the world, but it's good for three two, two and a half, three billion of the West. So there is that opportunity that's totally untapped uh, that I'm sure what you're creating will and can address at some point.
2: Well, I think that I'm sure that there's a thing i used to always tell my guys i said guys do you know we're never next year we're never going to be as horrible as we are right now (laughs) 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 and uh and you know i'd say it sort of tongue-in-cheek but i actually meant it i said you know we we are really you know because my mind always had, well, the artist struggles with his medium.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: uh, you know, if, you're, if you are dealing with oil paints, you have this idea in your head of what you want to create, and then you start putting the paint down, and, and it smears, and it blends, and you don't get the color quite right, and what have you. And so the paint starts pushing back on you.
3: Right. <laughs> Right,
2: And many times the technology that you're using pushes back on you
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you end up with something that is an amalgam of what your original idea was and what the outcome is. And sometimes the technology pushes back on you in a positive way where you end up with something that's better mm-hmm. than you originally thought.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I'm always hopeful that we can have this amalgam of experiences in which we're getting better and better all the time, sometimes quickly, sometimes not so quickly. Sometimes we're going backwards and don't realize it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the same time, I think that what happens is that the quest. Oh, just a little another thing. Those people who are questing are happier than the people who aren't. Mm-hmm. They they don't think so sometimes because there's frustration, there's angst, there's there's all that. But the people who are who are on Xanax and who are who are you know thinking of slitting their wrists and you know, in a darkened apartment there's people, they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. They're, they're passively watching. Mm-hmm. They're not actively thinking. They're not actively solving. They're not questing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The human being is meant to question. If you stop questing, you get depressed and you get angry and you basically, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm giving my entrepreneur speech, I said, I'm going to give you one piece of advice here as an entrepreneur. Don't hire dead people. (laughs) It always gets a laugh.
0: You know, one thing you're referring to, I studied psychology and um, Eric Erickson talks about the stages of life and the very final stage is generativity versus stagnation. Yeah. And that's the negotiation we have to all go through. And I can look back, you know, I can look at my parents' generation and some of them show stagnation some of them some of them choose generate uh, generativity where they're wanting to keep challenging themselves and learn and grow and i just really get that about you nolan pushnell mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. st- stage you're at in your life you're just as hungry as i would imagine you would have been 20 something 30 something you know where you're still curious as can be and trying to find the best ways to contribute to, to life and to society and i just want to say i really appreciate how you continue to show up for not just yourself but greater than yourself to the greater good yeah. and that's just really obvious with your passion that's never waned and i just it's it's inspiring and i wish there were more elders like real elders in different communities like you that could help bring that generativity uh from all that you come from
2: well thank you you know it's funny when you use the word elder. I don't think of myself as an elder, but
0: I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that in like the, in the, almost like in the spiritual sense, like an elder, like a native American elder or what have you, yeah. but you're really, you're an elder, you're a wisdom holder in the yeah. ways that you hold wisdom and experience, well, yes. right? Well, I feel like <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm a 14 year old trapped in an adult's body.
0: <laughs> well, there's that too, right? There's that side too. <laughs> That's I, what keeps I, I you think- fun.
1: I think there's one more thing I want to say Nolan and I think it goes it goes down for you this is the second time you've come on our show and we don't take anything for granted and and I I must say that for some reason Rick and I have been interviewing for some reason don't don't know why uh, interviewing a lot of uh, folks who are um of you know who are more experienced let's just say let's put it that way not older but more experienced many who have um who have who are wisdom holders. And there's one common theme two or three, but one major common theme. One is this energy, this drive for activity to, to solve problems to keep this moving and and charged up. And you described that beautifully, which you have the sets. The second thing we've noticed is humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there has been a, a good 20 or 30 years where because of economic situations, and you know, the rise of this and the rise of that, there's been um, a lot of ego that we um, people have experienced, you know, selling into big companies, you see a senior leader who's massively egotistical, a hedge fund manager, a business owner, who, you know, who give business the wrong um, face. And I think what's amazing about you, you know, you don't have to come to our show let's be honest, I'm sure you're busy doing a 1000 other things. And you certainly you know, and we don't this is not for profit, there's no money exchanged and not that you need any of it. But you keep coming. And many people have again and again, and we are deeply grateful. And what we're learning is generosity, giving, listening, openness and humility. Uh, And we've stopped teaching that we've stopped discussing those things. Uh, religion used to teach that but religion's pretty much dead and gone in the west at least so so and parents are clueless themselves so thank you for that too we we're, gen- we're genuine you know because um ho- who knows when we'll talk about again we i'm sure we will and be involved and learn it but you are a true inspiration we're not just saying it because of who you are but um um it does make a real material difference at least rick and i you know we you've you've changed two people that's for sure
2: well thank you yeah. so i try to I try not to live my life in the rearview mirror, mm-hmm. you know, and and I don't know what that means to a lot of people, but, I, you know, people ask me what I'm proud of, and I, I, yeah. always, I always say the next thing I'm working on. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Before we go, we've, we're about to run out of time. We have a um, an interesting question that I think we have to pose and throw it at you. So it's, um, it's from Facebook actually. So the question from Facebook is, as a kid, I was addicted to Tetris to the point that literally any time I close my eyes, I would see blocks falling. Um, do you know what is going on in the brain to cause this? And to what extent will the games you're currently developing have the same effect on my kids?
2: well what happens is you have a tetris first of all is a really brilliant game i don't know if you noticed. Yep, we
1: saw that oh yeah yeah. yeah yeah yeah
2: and and what what we do is if we get very very focused on a particular game particular picture particular thing um we are, um, we are an, a, a engine that keeps filing away systems,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and, uh, and, and the, the hind brain
3: is very,
2: very special and actually quite unpredictable and uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does stuff, <laughs> you know, in our dreams where we're filing stuff and, and, uh, but I do know this: that my hind brain can solve problems that my forebrain won't, can't or won't, and that's why monumental, monumental, monumental
0: decisions. I always like to sleep on. Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The, yep. Mm-hmm. That's when the subconscious can kick in and right. get that deeper, the deeper reservoir of wisdom and intuition. Well, it. it I think.
2: Um, The hindbrain can can handle 20 or 30 variables, whereas the forebrain handles seven, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Brilliant. So we've come to the end. Um, From my side, I'll let Rick finish off. A wonderful session again with you, um, Nolan. We're very excited about Learn It. We would want to promote it. We believe in transformation of education. We are frustrated with the way people are being taught. Uh, it's it's about time, timing, that something happens and something happens quickly. So you have all our support. Our entire community of thousands of straight talkers will use the app if it's available. And uh, whenever you launch it, uh, think of us. And um, thank you from my side. I look forward to. Connecting with you very, very soon. But uh, Rick, over to you, buddy, to to close the proceedings.
0: Yeah, just lastly, once again, thank you so much for your time, your passion, uh, your impact over well, all these years. Yeah. Very final, much.
2: Final, final, you know, commercial. Go to learn up, not in as L-E-A-R-N learn, but as in Turnip, T-U-R. <laughs> learn Up the turnip. That's yeah, that's okay. our model. But go to go to the Learn up website. L-E-R-N-I-P and sign up for the book chapter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we will keep, you will become one of our, you know, mentored guests and uh, we want to get thousands uh,
0: signed up before we actually launch.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Wonderful. So we're, and we're going to promote that on our, our speaker page as well. So on That's- your profiles on our speaker page, on our straight talk live.com. I'm sorry, straight talk.live. Uh, we'll have your specific profile and we'll have the LearnUp um, URL there too. And any other links you want to send us, send that to us. And we'll make sure we get that on there as well for our listeners. I appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. Thank you so Thank much you for me. your time again. Uh, you're fantastic. Um, all the best to you, Nolan. And then really quickly next week, we're going to be talking to George Calhoun, um, amazing writer, uh, finance, um, uh, just entrepreneur. And we're going to be talking about China specifically and what's actually happening in the technology space in China. Everything from what happened to Jack Ma to what's going on with crypto and all these fascinating things that he's on top of in a way that most people are not. So it's going to be a fascinating conversation next week. Nolan, please tune in and we hope to see you all soon. Okay. 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 Be well, everyone. Thank you very
1: much. Be well. All the best.